Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with my co-host, Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today, we're going to talk about a special kind of arts program. Our guests in the studio are all with the Partners program. Suzanne Merriman is the director. Norm Overly is volunteer coordinator and one of the founders. And Sandra Tukarski is here. She is the uh, artist in residence. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I might uh, uh, add a little definition to what I said earlier. Partners is an arts program designed specifically for people in early stages of Alzheimer's disease and related forms of dementia. So, Norm, uh, I say, as I said, you're one of the founders of the program. Could you talk about the, the history of Partners, when it began and why it began? Well, it began uh, officially about the 1st of September 2005. Uh, the initial discussions of the pro- of about having a program uh, began in January or February of that year when a group of us at the First United Church uh, got together, uh, the stimulus being that a couple of us had had parents who had Alzheimer's and I had a father-in-law who also had uh, dementia who lived with us. And we were concerned about the problem of providing the caregivers some release time. And also we had a church building that had some nice facilities that we weren't using during the uh, weekdays to full potential. And our first effort was just to uh, have a period of time where we would entertain, stay with uh, persons who had Alzheimer's so that their caregivers could get away, go get a haircut, go shopping, have lunch, do something of that nature. Soon, when we began to explore it, we discovered that they'd had a program at the hospital for a few years that had been discontinued. And in pursuing that, uh, Jody Curley, who had been head of it, had uh, discovered the research showing that Providing programs, particularly with artistic expression, uh, seem to delay the onset or slow the process of the development of Alzheimer's. And uh, there was more and more research of that nature. Julie Hill had worked with that program also. She was a graduate student in Hyper. And they came and talked with us. And gradually it evolved into a program that would focus on arts, not exclusively, but uh, participation so that we were engaging the uh, clients more than just babysitting or entertaining. Mm -hmm. So this is a program that's really focused on folks who are still at home. That's right. Okay. Uh, We don't uh, handle persons who are outside of the home or once they uh, go into a facility those facilities have programs of their own. Mm-hmm. Now, Suzanne, how did you get involved? I had lived in Bloomington for a number of years, and I moved away. Um, I had never done anything like this before. I've worked in the field of addictions. I had a shop. I had taken care of folks before who were elderly, but I'd never dealt with dementias or Alzheimer's. I had an opportunity several years ago to care for a woman who was in the very late stages of the disease, and I was with her until the day that she died. And it had a very kind of life-changing effect on me, a very profound, and I started reading about it, doing a lot of research, and realized I wished I was younger because this was a big area of interest for me. And this woman, um, you know, I went into it thinking I would care for her and help her and this and that, but it was really extremely mutual. Mm-hmm. Uh, to learn more about how to connect with these folks and uh, to bring them some joy. But she gave me just as much. And the living in the moment is what she really taught me, and I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. It made a huge change. And then when I got back here, I uh, pretty quickly got a private client whom I still have, and her daughter knew Julie Hill. And they were looking for someone additional to come on partners, and I interviewed with her and 
That's how it happened. So what is your role as director? As a director, in a lot of ways, I consider myself a behind-the-scenes person, um, just day-to-day things like setup and um, breaking down. I want to be able to chart on all the clients each week, even though this is in no way a medical facility. We do not dispense meds. I uh, want to model how to interact with the clients. Mm -hmm. And um, I also now currently have recently started doing the recruiting for new clients. And that's most of what I do. Assessments. I do the assessments. Okay. Now I have to ask Sandra. Sandra Sandra Tokarski is the artist in residence. And Sandra was kind of shaking her head when you said you were the the behind-the-scenes person. So, Sandra, what what does she do? Uh, Suzanne brings just a tremendous amount of joy um, to the program. And she opens the program. We start with a meet-and-greet and we do some word games and we do some exercises and we pay, play balloon volleyball. And Suzanne just brings so much life to that. And um, I'm every day learning something from Suzanne. All right. So now talk about your own role as the artist in residence. Um, I'm thrilled to death to be in this program. Uh, it's, it's the most fun job I've ever had in my life. Uh, I heard about it um, about actually a little more than a year ago now and was able to start in the 1st of May uh, 2007. And um, my background is uh, really in elementary education. I've worked at Pygmalion's Art Supplies for many, many years and so – and have always been involved in the arts on some level, although I have never thought of myself as a professional artist. I work in clay a lot Um, and – finding this um, wonderful opportunity to share the the delights of working in the arts with people is just marvelous. And one of the really important things I don't think we've mentioned yet um, is that the, the way the program is set up, there is a volunteer that works with every client. And that is the backbone. The volunteers, I think, are the joy and the spirit of partners. Um, if someone has difficulty understanding the art project, they have somebody right there sitting beside them to help them uh, to help them be successful. Uh, if somebody gets the idea that, well, you know, I've done enough of this, I'm just going to walk out here and see what's going on, no problem. Their partner goes with them. And... Um, I could go on forever about the art <laughs> projects, but I'll just, just leave it at that. Yeah, well, it's just, so it's one-on-one, literally. Well, it's, it's one-on-one in a group. Mm-hmm. And we do also do some activities um, where, where we work three or four or five in a group. Mm-hmm. But um, there is always someone every, – every client has someone with them. Um, Suzanne has, has taught me this. Uh, all, uh, any dementia – is extremely isolating. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is break through that isolation and give people a, an experience that gives them joy, that gives them a sense of satisfaction, and gives them some hands-on things that, you know, they can say, I, I did this. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of conversation uh, between partners, um, partners and partners and and individuals in the whole group. Now, this is a a program. I I talked with uh, Suzanne and Sandra a few weeks ago about the program, and frankly, I didn't know anything about it. And it's fairly new. It's been here. It sounds like you you started thinking about it about three years ago and then started it maybe two and a half years ago. So I would hope that we would have lots of people who would call with questions. And if not, we'll we'll inundate you afterward with uh, uh, questions or – the desire to, to have someone in the program with mm-hmm. you because I, I would, uh, again, from from what all of you know and I think we know too, people who are a caregiver caregiver for someone with Alzheimer's, it, it can be a very difficult 
situation mm-hmm. and having this kind of support <laughs> is good. So that's my big lead up to saying the phone numbers today are <laughs> 855 or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Now, I, I always have to ask the money questions because my mm-hmm. brain just goes there. Um, I'm looking through the list of, of um, activities and you've brought some beautiful photos that is the downside of radio. I wish folks could could see these illustrations of, of um, people at work. It looks like a lot of fun, but there are also a lot of supplies involved in this. And so I'm interested to know how you get your funding. Okay. <laughs> Anyone can send money in. We certainly uh, do uh, rely on donations. Uh, when Sandra came on board, she helped us start a very wonderful list of folks who uh, have been very generous to us. First United Church, where our group takes place, gives us an annual, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a grant, an annual grant. The clients who attend our program pay $10 per hour. We have um, two six-week sessions per year and I believe four eight-week sessions. Mm -hmm. So that would make an eight-week session $480 and a six-week session $360. While we consider that, especially if you've looked into the cost of a caregiver, we consider that quite reasonable. But we're also very well aware that if you don't have the money, that is not reasonable. Mm -hmm. So we have started working on ways to get more for scholarships. Mm -hmm. We also in our brochure list several possibilities. Are you interested in volunteering, making a donation to scholarship? We've also relied very heavily in this last several months on – our open house and selling some of the wonderful things we've made and our Christmas cards that uh, made by our clients at the holiday time was very successful. So this is something we're still feeling our way on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one reason I'm so delighted to be here today because I know that because of our lack of ability financially to do a lot of promoting that we are sitting here with a fantastic program that Bloomington would be so anxious to support. And um, I'm very optimistic about it. And that was part of of the – I guess the point I was trying to get uh, to before is that you are a new program and one that probably a lot of people don't know a great deal about. Norm, how do you – how many volunteers do you have now and how do you go about finding new volunteers? Just pick up the phone and call (laughs) call your friends? Well, uh, that's how we started. I started – with my friends and leaning on them. But we also use the uh, network in the newspaper Mm -hmm. and the volunteers network here uh, in the community. Um, And that is the way we've got our volunteers. We have at any one time about 12 people working since uh, we have to have six to eight Mm -hmm. there each day. And uh, over the period that uh, we've been operating, I think there have been 30-some persons volunteering. Those who respond typically are persons who've been in service mm-hmm. uh, uh, roles at some time, nurses or therapists um, or persons who have had family members that uh, because they feel – uh, some compassion for those who are having to give the service uh, and are stuck uh, 24-7, mm-hmm. 365 days a year, you know. Now, I don't want to assume that, that everybody out there who's listening to us you know, knows or understands what uh, Alzheimer's is even or what dementia is or what it's like to be with someone who has uh, those diseases. So, Norm, you were saying that you had some people in your family. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, My mother had Alzheimer's, and uh, my background, I'm an educator. I've been at the university in uh, School of Education. And so as her dementia developed, uh, I went into educator mode and tried mm-hmm. to break down tasks and uh, trying to re-educate. And, of course, Alzheimer's is just the opposite. Instead of uh, learning something, you're unlearning and you're forgetting. Uh, one of the most bizarre things early on in my mother's uh, behavior, and I often mention this, is that she lost 
the ability to tell the difference between up and down. Hmm. You know, just really bizarre. She would go to a light switch and she didn't know what to do. She said, I've never done that before. And anything that caused up and down was just gone. There was no understanding of that idea. Uh, and yet, as we were talking earlier, uh, if we talked about her uh, early life or something, you'd have no sense there was any problem with it mm -hmm. at all. She was very clear and could recall details that I had long since forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the it, brain is amazing. It is amazing. It's a very uh, difficult right. disease to to deal with. Well, and the thing you find with uh, the clients is each one is so different. Uh, they're a joy in a sense. Uh, they enjoy each other. Uh, they tend to remember each other, even though they may not remember their partner. Or no, they may introduce their partner as a friend or mm -hmm. this person who comes, that, you know, with me. But they re remember and enjoy getting together and uh, talking and sharing. It's remarkable. All right, we're talking with uh, Suzanne Merriman, Norm Overley, and Sandra Tokarski today. They're with the Partners Program, which is Partners is an arts organization designed specifically for people in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease and related forms of dementia. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. You, you were kind enough to provide us with a list of your activities from May 1st through June 28th, and it's amazing. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to list off just mm -hmm. a few, and then I want to ask. Um, you've got um, drawing forms and shapes. You've got um, introducing a color wheel, um, uh, cooking day, uh, paper bowls, uh, drawing and creating your own still life, um, uh, doodling and noodling, <laughs> uh, just all sorts of fun things. How do you come up with your curriculum? Um, I, I try to keep in mind, I don't try, I do keep in mind that these are adults. Mm -hmm. They have an illness, but um, we're, I try to... I tried to approach this as if I were creating an arts program for just regular people, mm -hmm. just adult individuals. And we do have to modify some things, um, but pretty much um, one of the attitudes that, that I run into, people say, well, I'm no artist. I'm no artist. And I hear them say that. And I say, you know what? We can do this. We're all going to work together. We're doing this because it's fun and it's stretching our brain in a new way. And um, the, the ideas are just kind of basic art activities that, um, you know, if you, were trying, if you were teaching someone to draw, you would start with line. You would move to creating forms and um, – and, and then add shading and, and things. Now, I try to vary in a session. I try to have some drawing, some painting, uh, some 3D. And because my uh, true love in the arts is clay, we have done uh, quite a bit uh, given, given the, uh, the smallness of our program. And uh, we got a, uh, one of the wonderful things was early in... Uh, I guess it was about last August, we asked, wrote a letter to the American Art Clay Company in Indianapolis, and they donated to us a tabletop slab roller. And this has been a, wow. a tremendous help in allowing our people to work, uh, to work in clay. And uh, we've done bowls. We've done just kind of some uh, tool containers, and we've done some collaborative projects um, and I don't know. There's no end to the possibilities of things to do. Yeah. I I could go on. You don't yeah. you don't want to hear me <laughs> we, spend we the whole do. time. That's why that's why we invited you. We, but we, but we, we do have a couple of phone calls I want to get oh, to, and then we'll go, come back to some of the things you were mm -hmm. saying. And I think Norm has something one yeah. to add too. So we'll get we'll go to the calls first, though. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie. Hi. Hey, Charlie. Um, how are you? Good. So I just had a quick story that I thought you might appreciate. Um, my father took about um, 
13 years uh, to die while having Alzheimer's, and obviously there was a lot of pain and grief involved, mm -hmm. but there was also some humor sometimes. And um, this is just a little story that uh, my brother uh, uh, was talking to the doctors, and he said, you're trying to keep your father in reality as much as possible. And my mother had died about uh, five years uh, before uh, this incident happened, and my father, you'd go by and he'd say to have dinner and he'd say well let's wait till your mother gets here and you'd go well that's okay you know um, we'll, we'll go ahead and then she can come later and so my brother having taken the doctor's advice tried to convince my father that my mother was dead and so he sat him down and he said I just wanted you to know that you know mom's dead and he goes Alice's dead and he started crying and he was you know horribly hurt by this and he said yeah yes she died you know five years ago Alice's dead my brother said yes, and so my dad said, she's going to be devastated when I tell her. <laughs> so, oh, you know, Charlie. <laughs> there's, there's some humor in, in this whole thing, too. So. Yeah. Well, Charlie, thanks for sharing. That's great. Okay. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. All right. We have another phone call, and it is Sarah. Sarah? Hi. Hi, Sarah. Uh, when, when my mother was uh, in the early stages of Alzheimer's, uh, we found a program that I don't think is nearly as good as Partners. Uh, well, I don't think it exists anymore. But in any case, we tried it with her. And even persuading her to go was hard. And persuading her to stay was doggone near impossible. And I gave up. And I wonder what you do to help people who are reluctant uh, when they first come. She couldn't have been the only one who felt that way about such things. Great okay. question. That is an excellent question, and we certainly run into that. First of all, um, I will be honest and say that sometimes that cannot be overcome. I think that in most cases it can. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on here is the amount of joy and laughter and community that our group has, and you are quite correct, it is certainly um, different than adult daycare or anything like that. Uh, one thing that I think helps in our case is that we do an assessment. It's free of charge, and we do that whether the client ends up coming to our program or not. I would come to the home. Sometimes uh, the family members or caregiver would fill out the paperwork, but uh, sometimes the client is involved. It's a very good chance for me to talk with the client, find out things about them, what they enjoy. That, in turn, filters down and helps Norm partner them with just I, th I would partner anybody that came through the door with anyone we have right now, but sometimes you can make really special partnerships mm -hmm. to people that are musically inclined, et cetera. I find, uh, even though I haven't done a lot of it yet, that those first visits are very important. When the person comes in, we have such a community. As Sandra said, we have one-on-one -on -one partnering, which is unique and wonderful, but a lot of them don't realize they have a partner because we function as a community, and that's what we are about uh, with the self-esteem and so on. Um, I have not, in the time I've been there, seen many people come and not come back. I can recall maybe one. That's wonderful. And I think it has a lot to do with how you bring them in, and we are also willing uh, we don't profess to be professionals, but we're certainly willing to work with the families. Uh, sometimes a family member will stay for a while the first day or something like that. We often find it's better if they don't because they're with a group of peers. Uh, some people have been bothered in the past because they're cognitive enough to see that there are a lot of people with less abilities than them. But the fact that we have one-on-one -on -one partnering puts so many people there without dementia that they have an instant peer group. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to work this out, and I do understand the struggle, believe me. If without means only slight, uh -huh. it, <laughs> some of us as volunteers don't have complete facilities <laughs> 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 sometimes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. All right, Sarah, any, any follow-up? Um, well, not to that. I, I, can, I can tell you something we did with Mom at home that was very helpful both uh, for her and for people who were, who were coming in to help her. And that was uh, my sister and I put together a very simply written, because she could still read, a uh, very simply written uh, list of answers to your questions because Mom would over and over ask questions uh, and and. If the right person was there, if I was there, I would usually know the answers. 
But if someone came in cold, that person wouldn't know. And even if you did know the answers, being asked over and over again or having to ask them over and over again was hard. So it was very helpful to her to have this list of answers to your questions. And we just started a biographical thing. You know, you were born in Waitsville, Indiana, and you did this and did, did this, and your family, and who had died, so that she didn't have to have that hitting her like a ton of bricks every time she read it or every time she heard it, because she could read it to herself quietly instead. It seemed to make things easier. She worried about her eyes. She worried about her money. Uh, did she have any money? And so, you know, one of the answers was, yes, your money is in the bank, and who took care of it for you? And the eye doctor is says he can't help your eyes anymore, but, and he's very sorry. So she didn't keep asking us to take her to the eye doctor. Uh, we simplified those answers as as her mind continued to decline and wrote, I think, two or three versions of it. Um, That's wonderful. That yeah. was helpful to her. And then she had written some of her own memoirs uh, before her mind went so bad. And because her eyes were bad, my sister typed out Mom's memoirs and printed them out great big, big type, so that she could see what she'd written. And she didn't do all of it. She just did the first, oh, I don't know, Mom's first 50 pages maybe, um, which made a big book because the type was so big. And Mom got this for Christmas and sat there and said, oh, she said, this sounds just like when I was growing up. Oh, and it felt oh, wonderful to wonderful. her. So I don't know, this was, this was something... Both of these things, for different reasons, were helpful to our family. And you really gave her a gift. Well, sure. All right. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Right. Thanks a lot for sharing. And we're going to take a short break before we go to the phone. We've got another phone call, and I think we have an email. But we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. Listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332 2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington www.southdunnstreet.info WFIU is a media sponsor for the Hoosier Hills Food Bank's annual Soup Bowl Benefit. Local area potters, restaurants, community musicians, and residents provide their services. Proceeds benefit the Hoosier Hills Food Bank. And it takes place at the Monroe County Convention Center Sunday, February 17th. More at WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our guest today, all three of our guests are from Partners, an arts program that is designed specifically for people in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease and related forms of dementia. They are Suzanne Merriman, who's the director, Norm Overly, who's the volunteer coordinator and one of the founders of the program, and Sandra Tokarski who is the artist in residence. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington calling area. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. I might ask uh, right out of the gate, are you, uh, do you have any, any clients from outside of the Monroe County, outside of Monroe County? Not at the present. Yeah. Okay. We have had, I yeah. believe, okay. but currently we do not. All right. So if there's someone out there listening who's in mm -hmm. Green or Owen sure. or one of these other counties, they could. The only problem is uh, transportation. It, yeah. If the farther away they are, the more difficult it is for them to bring them in. Right. Okay. So we have a phone call. Let's go to the phone. And Pat. Hello. Hello, Pat. Yes, this is Pat. Well, I just happened to turn on my radio as I was driving around town and uh, I'm very interested in your program, and uh, I've been looking for something to volunteer with. 
that used all my different backgrounds, and I think maybe I have found it here. I'd really be interested in becoming a volunteer. I have a background in teaching. I even worked with the elderly nursing homes for a while. So I, I've uh, been exposed to the population and uh, have some art skills. Well, yeah. Norm, Norm's sort of scribbling some things down. Norm, you want to <laughs> tell Pat how she can volunteer? Sure. Uh, Pat, if you would uh, give me a call uh, directly to my home at 332 uh, I would be glad. Yeah, three three two zero five six five. All right. And uh, I'll explore that with you. We have a um, training program uh, for uh, the volunteers, and uh, we'd like to have you come in. You could observe the program, uh, sure. see how it fits with your interests, sure. and. Um, We'll proceed from there. Thank you very much for calling. All right. I'll, sure, I'll call you this evening then. Today, this evening would be fine. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Pat. Thanks a lot for the call. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. And here's an email that came in. It says, I have the great fortune to live with Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> this is from her husband, Thomas. So I'm very familiar with the Partners Program. I've seen the love, understanding, and careful planning that goes into every project they undertake. I believe the Partners Program provides a very needed and appreciated service to our community. My question to the panel is, how can the community help to support this worthy program? Thank you, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of support from the community um, because I'm not a at all bashful about asking people to support a program that I truly believe in. Um, we have had uh, generous contributions from uh, the former owners of Pygmalions, uh, Jane Potter Oten and Tom Zita, and the current owner, uh, John Wilson. So Pygmalions Art Supplies has been a big support. Um, we've also had some help from um, a couple, uh, uh, Malcolm Smith and Chris Boger from the IU ceramics department because i just said you know we just i'm desperate i'm desperate for clay tools all we have is plastic knives and they had remaindered tools that they had donated um um mostly what the community can do is pass the word we have a really good program uh what we need are clients and uh we're not quite at a full enrollment now and uh, that's what we need. So talk to people, um, pass the word, and um, and uh, uh, let us know about that. The other thing, um, if there's any artists out there, uh, we'd be happy to take donations of, of materials that that uh, that you no longer need. We could use printmaking papers, watercolor papers, brushes. I'm not going to list my whole long list here, but uh, you can. Uh, 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 call the church, 332-4439. Uh, leave a message for me, and I'll be happy to get in touch with you. Uh, one of the big supports, um, and this was has been a very exciting project for us, we recently got a grant from the Martin Luther King Day uh, through the city of Bloomington, and that, that grant gave us the funding to buy uh, children's T-shirts, and uh, some good quality dyes, and we've just been doing it this week, and it's been a huge success. We have eight, no, seven dozen children's T-shirts. We're going to be doing this dyeing in two sessions, and what we will do with the T-shirts then is donate them to Monroe County United Ministries where they will be distributed to needy children. It's really, really important for our folks to realize that they're doing something to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they may not remember it after they've left the program, but while they're there, the joy of creating something beautiful for other people is it's, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how that's something that doesn't go away. 
It doesn't go the, away. The wish to help others and to mm-hmm. be right. useful. And, yeah. and this is the time that if we were on TV, we would hold up these beautiful T-shirts. They are. They're darling <laughs> tie-dyed I, T-shirts. Really cute. Yes, I have one in front of me that's uh, yellow and orange and uh, Mary Catherine. What's the color? What oh, I've got there? The rainbow going. I've got the whole the whole shebang. Yeah. They're uh, too small for us. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, that, that brings to mind another question. Are you – is this a five – is Partners a 501c3 organization? So if people contribute money to you, is it tax deductible for them? It is tax deductible for them. Mm-hmm. It uh, goes through the church because it's a church program. Mm-hmm. So the, it, the uh, donation is made to the church for the program Okay. so that we're a separate mm-hmm. Budget line. I see. Thank you. In terms of the uh, way the community can help and has helped, uh, there are a couple things that I'd like to mention. That uh, early on, uh, Julie Hill and uh, Donna Peterson, who is one of the founders, uh, were interested in developing a uh, labyrinth, and the partners group built a labyrinth back of the church, First United Church on 3rd Street, that uh, the materials were all donated uh, by uh, companies here in the community, even the trucking the things in, and volunteers, including some of the North High School football team, uh, lugged stones, but also our clients carried stones across the yard and we have a lovely labyrinth on a medieval uh, design like the one at Chartres and uh, of stone. Not, um, and it's open for anyone to uh, use and they uh, have – even groups may have uh, special occasions and arrange for someone to come in and explain it to them. So wow. uh, there are a number of things like that that we've already done in in the past. We won't repeat. <laughs> okay, we have a phone call. Let's go to Jim. Jim? Hey, Bob. Hey, Jim. Uh, I had to write down Bob and Mary Catherine because I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. I write my questions down too, Jim, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> I'm a, a uh, wannabe comedian, and I wrote this, and it was three days before I caught the error. S-H-E-L-F, Shelf Righteous Foods, the food for all religious festivals or observations. Fasting, there's no better food to abstain from than Shelf Righteous Foods. What's the error in there? Can anybody get it? Observations should have been observances. And uh, I don't know whether this is going to cut me out of letters to the editor or not. It might. But uh, (laughs) my question is, from 81 to 82... This has become more prevalent, and I want to know, am I on schedule or behind? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you've always been ahead of schedule, I'll tell you that. But, but I don't know. Maybe Norm has an answer. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a very normal process. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think – we're not, we're not too worried about you, Jim. Sorry. Okay. Are, there ma- are there many younger people uh, – how young is the uh, – when it, when it gets most severe, quickest – in the 40s, supposedly. I've always heard in the 40s when there's an early onset, that is quicker. And But as Norm said, it's as different as a fingerprint, really, with each case. Yeah, our uh, clients tend to be in the 70s, 80s. We have one 93, very sprightly uh, uh, so it, it varies. Okay. I, I still got a chance to do a humorous uh, headstone then. Huh? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I, you will always have that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for calling. 855-0811-877-285-9348. And the email address is noon at indiana.edu. Oh, oh, no, I just – and then we might have mentioned it earlier in the show, but I'm not sure um, – Along Jim's lines that I remember. How long do you meet at a time? Is How long are your classes? And I we, call them classes. Is that what you call them? Classes? Uh, or what do you call meetings. them? Sessions. Sessions. Meetings. Okay. Meetings. meetings. Uh-huh. Depends on who we're talking to, which client. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays currently from 1 p.m. until 4 p.m. Okay. 
This meeting is at First United Church at 2420 East 3rd Street in Bloomington. Uh, I'd be happy to give our web address. Sure. Um, that is www.firstunitedchurchbloomington.org. When you bring up that page, click on Programs and Ministries, and you will find partners. Uh, you can also feel free to email us at director.partners at gmail.com. Great. It seems to me that you focus on what your participants can do and not what they can't do. Is that part of your um, overreaching um, ideology or, or do you have a specific ideology from which you operate? I know that Julie Hill, um, Norm knows a lot more about the history than I do, but she based a lot of this uh, on information she got from the National Center for Creative Aging in Washington, D.C., which I believe was founded in 2000. And just one sentence here sort of depicts us. This says, one of the most profound changes is a new way of seeing older adults moving from a deficit approach that stresses losses to an asset approach that stresses strengths, potential, and achievements. And we are all about self-esteem and a win-win situation for everyone. I have to say, this reminds me some, some of our visit with Jill Taylor. Jill mm, Taylor, yes, I've been thinking about who's that who's a, uh, a, a neuroanatomist, I believe is her title, mm-hmm. but she studies the brain and she talks about. She's on the IU faculty and she talks about the fact that everybody's brain is different, and it doesn't mean that one brain is better or worse than another. It's just brains. And however and your change. brain is, is normal for you. Right. right. So if we can get away from that abnormal yeah. wanting to diagnose right. uh, everything, mm-hmm. because I think Alzheimer's seems to be something that defies diagnosis um, oftentimes. I would yeah. you, you have a set of symptoms that you think, well, mm-hmm. eh, you know, but, but even for our purposes today, we're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia. Where's that line? Well, with each person, it's probably mm-hmm. somewhere different. Mm-hmm. And right. it really doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't. Exactly. Kind of to Jill's point. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. I, I want to say again, we're we're on radio, so uh, you know we can't share the vision, the the uh, the visual with uh, our listeners. But you know, Sandra was talking about working in clay, and there are a lot of the, the photographs that you have in front of us. There are people working with clay. There are some finished products which mm-hmm. look very nice, mm-hmm. very. Uh, well, I'd, I'd be happy to have them in my home. I know. I know mm-hmm. that. And you talked about. Um, the fact that that you have made some of these available for sale, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah, we have um, uh, the things that we have uh, sold to try to support the program. Are we did a um, we did a number of uh, handmade uh, holiday greeting cards. We did some silk scarves and um, uh, jewelry made mainly with fossils and. Um, we also did some little um, candle holders where you you know kind of use lovely papers and and decoupage mm-hmm. them on there. W- um, one of the one of the other parts of the program that we haven't um, we haven't really talked about uh, is our guest artist. And um, in the last uh, six months or so, we've had um, Charlotte Paul, who's um, a stained glass artist, but she came and talked to us. Uh, about Australian dot paintings and showed some slides from her travels in Australia. Jane Potter Oten came and shared uh, with us uh, working with watercolor crayons. Takako Ishida, Ishida. Mm -hmm. uh, came and did a demonstration and helped us to do some Japanese calligraphy. Uh, Terry Combs and Tess Cook uh, did Japanese cooking with us. Luann Holiday did the silk dyeing, which we have there, and Lorraine Merriman Farrell did uh, jewelry making. And uh, Lorraine and, and her husband Rick have been very supportive of our program, and they have uh, Lorraine donated just a wonderful amount of uh, the fittings and also some uh, fossils and you know polished rocks and kinds of things that that we've done. So that's been it's a small help. It gives people the, the feeling of creating something nice that is also going to use, be used to uh, help support the program. There are other uh, volunteers also besides those who work with the, directly one-on-one with the clients. Um, Phil Stafford mm-hmm. uh, uh, has come and played his banjo and led singing. Hal Papinski has brought his uh, 
I think guitar. I forget guitar or ukulele. Mm-hmm. Guitar, I think. And sing. it's very interesting. Just this last week, we said to a couple of the clients who were a little restless and wanted, well, would you like to sing? And they said, both, each of them individually said, no, no. Said, well, some of us are going to sing. And we got together. The two of them stayed over time <laughs> and kept singing. So it's, you know, the conversations often don't deal with the behavior. Mm-hmm. It, uh, they didn't want to sing, but they had a great time singing. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have another phone call. We have an email. So let's get to the phone call first. And this is Len. Len, go ahead. Yes. Uh, my wife was involved, one of the participants in the Partners Program for from uh, almost the beginning and uh, until about a year ago when she was no longer able to participate. And uh, I just wanted to say how much she appreciated uh, that program and how much, how proud she was of the things that she uh, drew and made in the program. And uh, it was uh, really an excellent experience for her. Mm-hmm. Lynn, it sounds like it was an excellent experience for you as well. Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank well, you for calling. Yeah, thanks a lot for calling. Thank okay. you, Lynn, so much. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks a lot for the call, Lynn. And we have an email? Yes, here's an email that came in. We might have touched on a little bit of this earlier, but um, uh, sometimes people tune in a little bit later. So it begins, um, do you physically have room for more patients? Yes, they do. They're mm-hmm. nodding yes. <laughs> and could you operate in other settings too, like a retirement community or a similar place? We would have to be designed differently uh, because they would have to have a good bit of space. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the difficulties for the hospital. They discovered they couldn't give up enough space Mm -hmm. uh, for a program of this uh, type. And so the donation or the availability of the space at the church is a big part of it. But if we could get a critical mass of another uh, six to eight Clients, because we have to limit them to about that number, because uh, in a group, mm-hmm. because with a partner, you then get up to sixteen to uh, twenty in a room, and that's about all. You get too much mm-hmm. uh, stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we had another program, provided we could hire these people to uh, <laughs> work a couple more days, we could have, a, and I could find enough volunteers, we could right. have a Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday, something like that for another group. Mm-hmm. So kind of travel, take the show on the road. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would love to, to be able to expand the program and to include more people. And, um, and that's part, part of one of the reasons we're so thrilled to be able to be on the noon edition is that we can really let a lot of people know what a great program we have. And, you know, I certainly would be um, interested in exploring um, – expanding or, or moving to a, another venue, um, that person uh, should give us a call uh, at the church and leave a message for, for Suzanne or myself. Uh, the number there is 332-4439. Okay. You know, I bet each of you has a particular favorite story or, or a story that you could share. Is it, Would anybody be willing to come forward? With I have one. Um, I'd like to say something quickly first about what the community can do that really doesn't have to do with partners. Uh, I think one very important thing the community can do is it's so typical to say, I don't go visit Bob or Mary anymore mm-hmm. because they do not know me. Well, I consider that egotistical, but that's my. It's, I also think it's very well-meaning people that say that because it's not the reality and social mores that we are used to. I would like to say... Um, go visit that person and go be with that person. If it's your own relative or someone else, please rethink that and go see them. Uh, one of my favorite stories, oh gosh, the, um, <laughs> this is a very recent one. Uh, we, Some of our folks have more cognitive abilities at this point than others. And uh, I was in the hallway with a gentleman and he was becoming pretty hard to understand, but, you know, we were together. And I finally realized that um, he thought that we were driving in a car. 
he said something that finally clued me in. And once I realized that, you know, the knee-jerk response would be, oh, no, Bob, we'll call him Bob. Oh, no, Bob, we're in the hallway at the church, and here's the picture you made mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And, but we drove in the car. <laughs> and that is so much I, – I look at it as going to a foreign country. I go there to learn about their culture. Mm-hmm. I don't go there to impose mine on theirs. I want to know about these people's reality, and I want to be a part of it. And at a certain point when the notes don't work anymore and the reminders – as long as they're safe and not afraid, why shouldn't I be in their reality? You know, and that's just a way of really connecting with people. That and that's a favorite story of mine because we were rolling down windows and looking, at, and <laughs> it was fun. It was yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, some of my favorite. Um, my favorite moments are are when people are are um, working in in the clay, and um, just uh, there was uh, this absolutely adorable woman, big around as my finger, mm-hmm. beautiful white hair, and I'm I'm no artist, I'm no artist, and uh, one of the things I had showed them was you because we have our wonderful slab roller, thank you, Amico. We roll out the slabs, and I was showing them how they can create a texture on that by taking a piece of netting, you know, like, you know, onions come yeah. in, and you, you lay that on the clay, and then you, you rub a, a, you know, smooth it over there and press it in a little bit, and then you peel it up and just, well, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I guess, I guess the, where I go from there is what's wonderful about this program is giving people the opportunity, giving them good materials, and then just letting them loose with them. And and beautiful things happen. Beautiful things happen. And I have to throw in that Sandra's mantra, which even the clients oh, have begun to learn, is the perfect is the enemy of the good. <laughs> in addition, <laughs> the amount of that's laughter. That's for all of us. The mm-hmm. laughter in, around these tables is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Norm? Yeah. The, uh, well, there's so many stories that uh, – Come back, and I now have forgotten the one that I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see what I said We're earlier all... about the. Okay. We're here for you. The. Uh, well, I, I. I think one of the persons is not much interested in art, but is very interested in meetings, um. and so we're always having meetings, and. Uh, He's very good at – he has suggestions, very specific suggestions that will improve the situation. And so he's a marvelous assistant uh, in whatever you're doing and supervisor. Uh, We always have great supervision and he's good at commenting and uh, praising the others for what they do. All right. And with that, we're we're going to have to sign off. So I want to thank you all for being here, Suzanne, Norm, and Sandra. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Catherine Hageman, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.